Genre. Hi everyone, welcome to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, the daily podcast where we are talking about the 1990 live-action turtle sequel, The Secret of the Ooze, one stuck in a net over giant metal spikes minute at a time. I am your host, Scott Tofty. It is Friday, hashtag Pizza Friday. Yay! With me as always, our co-host, Chris O'Connor. Hold on, man, I'm just dropping a line to Ralph Nader. (laughs) I was like, oh my god, what am I waiting for? You're not ready? Um... Rachel Gatlin. Hello. And Adam Sheehan. I am very securely strapped in right now. Oh, good. good. Everyone's buckled in, ready yeah. to go. I'm good and buckled in. I'm Where not going are anywhere. Seatbelts. Uh, so, this minute, minute number, what is this, 50? Minute 50. Good starts. number. Starts. It's a good round number. We're past halfway, guys. Yay. Yeah. I don't think we, we forgot to mention that on the actual halfway, but we're, <laughs> we're halfway through this, uh, this season of the show now. We yeah. are getting there. Yeah. Um, minute 50 starts with the turtles in a net again. Uh, sounds dirty if you think about it. And <laughs> ends with uh, Shredder giving the command, just about to give the command to uh, have Tots drop them. Yeah. Wait for it. <laughs> so, so this... Oh, go ahead, Rachel. No, I was just saying off air that um, I think these nets may be used to move crates, like very large crates. Mm. So that might be why there's a metal bar uh-huh. around it, because it's a square. It's not just yeah. one, it's four bars. Yeah. Right. So. Oh, and that would make sense. And it would be like separate from the net itself, because if you have a giant, like heavy crate inside the net, if you were to reach and try to grab the ropes to move it, which would be natural enough to do, there's a chance that when it moves, the crate could shift and crush your hand against the rope. It does look like some of the ropes are threaded around the metal bar, uh-huh. at least in the, the scene I'm looking at. But yeah, I'd imagine that would just add some stability so it's not just, you know, rope stability around the box. Look at you safety. doing research. All right. I didn't really. I just, it's oh. just. It's a speculation. <laughs> speculation, yeah. SpongeBar oh. square nets? No. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> that was stupid. Um Oh, okay. Yes. That popped into my head. I was like, oh, I should say that. And now I'm like, <laughs> they can't all <laughs> Um. So at the beginning of this minute, you know, the turtles are all, all astonished that it's the Shredder. And then we get this shot over Shredder's shoulder of Tatsu working the crane. And I just want to know at what point in his martial arts training... <laughs> Did Tatsu learn how to operate heavy machinery? I I don't know. I mean, I suppose like uh okay, from the first one, remember like the the flashback to uh um the you know the their origin story and you get like the um this Hamato Yoshi like comes back from his job and we think he's like a construction worker. Maybe Tatsu oh, was working <gasps> on the same construction site gathering oh. intelligence from for his master. Oh Dude. Man. Did we just get more Whoa. than one dimension for uh, for Tatsu? Hmm. I yeah, think we might have. He's been there the whole time. He's follow, He followed him over from Japan, and he's like, one day, one day he's going to realize how much I care about him. Well, it it, it stands to reason, you know, that that would be a, a good explanation for why he's such a trusted uh, advisor to the Shredder here, or at least a trusted lackey. He's He's been there since the beginning. Wow, yeah. Chris. I, I bet Tatsu- I like it. 
I bet Tatsu, when he goes back to his hovel inside the, you know, the ninja lair and like sits down um, on his futon and like has some tea, <laughs> I bet he writes haikus about how much he like longs for the shredder. <laughs> yeah. I, I just had this image of like Tatsu in construction gear, like being, uh, being the shredders guy that he's just talking to at work. Like, can you believe this guy? Like he's just running around with my girlfriend. He's like, yeah, man, I wouldn't let that kind of thing stand. <laughs> you should do something. Yeah. He's like, you should do something about he's it. He's like and egg then, and shredder on. Yeah. And then he went and killed like both of them. He's like, am I accessory to murder now? Like, do I have to follow this guy forever? It's not exactly what I meant, but <laughs> I was, you know, maybe Oops. a strongly worded letter. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, break into their house, smash up a couple plates, but then leave. <laughs> you didn't need man. to go all Thomas and Martha Wayne on them. Yeah, <laughs> they were pearls. <laughs> well, Tatsu, as our, I'm going to call him Tatsu the Builder from now on, <laughs> <laughs> um, is is working the crane over Shredder's shoulder there, and he's uh, guiding the turtles to their doom. What uh, Mikey calls turtle kebabs. Yep. <laughs> and uh, it seems to be just a bunch of rusty junkyard pointy things, including one red rake, which seems like the ends are very blunted on. Pitchfork. Yeah, I like that- the pitchfork, how it's like they they must have put it down and went, well, this isn't going to be dangerous. So that they had to <laughs> bend the very tip of it over so that the pointy part would be facing up. Yes. <laughs> um. And as the turtles are swinging towards the uh, instruments of doom, we get another one of those moments in this movie where each of them has to sort of say their funny line, their one-liner, their zingers. Uh, you know, Donatello, I wonder what those are for, Mikey, turtle <laughs> kebabs. And then Leo says something like, would you get your arm out of my face? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, I'm sorry, if you're about to die, if you're about to be impaled on a bunch of tetanusy spikes, do you think having your brother's elbow in your in your personal bubble is going to be your most pressing concern? Hmm. I just like, <laughs> I wonder what those are for. It's like, really? You know what they're for. Also, like being being slowly lowered from not very far above these spikes, I don't I don't think that would really kill anybody. <laughs> they're not very good spikes either. Yeah, they're they're maybe three feet off the ground, right? Yeah. yeah. And I love that as they're being moved, the ninjas are all dancing around, like still doing their moves and like sort of posing in in menacing ways. They're just like, well, yeah, 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 we got you. We s- you're we said net. this back yeah. in the TGRI lab that oh, they're yeah, just yeah. sprites from Mortal Kombat that keep doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, they're exactly. on their player selects uh, screen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we cut to a shot of Shredders basically saying, first they're going to get impaled, then he points to Raphael and says, then you. And he's got this most ridiculous of stances. His feet are about... They're more than shoulder width wide. He's like almost horse stancing this and dramatically pointing to Raphael. And just more support support for my theory that Shredder doesn't really know how to walk. 
<laughs> yeah, he put just, him in this scene, and he's been standing in the same I'm, spot this I'm whole time. I'm telling you, I think he has a spinal cord injury. He got seriously messed up. <laughs> he's actually like being held up like a scarecrow by like this <laughs> <laughs> this system of pipes, yeah, and, and stuff. And and they, they just have him like they stand him all the way up, like from a laying down to standing position. Are they weekends at burning the shredder? <laughs> Maybe there's like a couple of foot guys standing above him with strings, like moving his arms. <laughs> oh, classic. Um, we get a couple more one liners as the turtles, uh, move forward. Donatello is commenting on the quality of the build of the net. And then Michelangelo drops this line. You know, he says, remind me to call Ralph Nader. And, we're all sitting here kind of scratching our heads because we're not all like really old enough to be terribly familiar with Ralph Nader. I remember him running in a couple presidential elections. I'm, uh, I'm we're familiar enough. I mean, yeah. Uh, so Chris, walk us through the Ralph Nader thing. Okay. Well, I mean, like I'm not detailed enough on like his, his vast history, but like he's, he's had a, a long um, history of like public advocacy for um, sort of consumer protection, consumer rights, uh, making sure that things are safe and well-constructed and that companies are held accountable for, you know, the dangerous things they do. Like his biggest win, the most significant thing he's done is, uh, is he's, you know, if it wasn't for him, uh, auto manufacturers would still have a choice in whether or not they include C belts in their cars. Um, and uh, so thanks, Ralph Nader. You significantly reduced the number of fatalities per year on the road. Like, Did he lot. also have a hand in banning lawn darts? Maybe. I mean, that sounds like the sort of thing that he might have had something to do well, with. Well, now I don't know whether to like him uh, or someone not. Should, someone should Google that. <laughs> but, but um, you know, he, for decades, he, you know, he stumped for for safety and for security and, and making sure that, uh, you know, people didn't die from stuff they weren't supposed to die from. I think there was, uh, I don't know if it was at all a reference to him, but I remember like an SNL like skit about like you know ma- uh, dangerous or defective toys like in a in a uh, sort of like forty eight hours kind of expose, and it was like here's a bag of glass. That was that was like Ackroyd SNL, was it? Was I that nineties early? That might have been yeah, that might have been pretty early, and that might have been like a Nader send up. I don't know, but but uh, apart from getting seatbelts, hooray! The other big thing is well after well nine years after this movie, running on the Green Party ticket and uh, being in part responsible for the presidency of George W. Bush. So, you know, all the good stuff he gets for putting in the the seatbelts. Ah, yeah. you know what? Let's not get well. As far as Ninja, speaking of Green Party, as far as the Ninja Turtles <laughs> go, haha. Uh, I I don't know that I ever had any clue what this is about. I don't even yeah, know that I understood I, the word Ralph Nader as two words. I thought it was just like, <laughs> oh, remind me to drop a line to Ralph Nader, like Terminator, the Ralphinator, the Ralphinator. <laughs> um, but again, just one of those like everybody gets a line. Uh, and then we also get, I've never seen Paris, which I feel like <laughs> at this point in movie history is in everyone's mind. This is like in the cultural zeitgeist, this whole like, oh, but I've never even seen Paris before someone dies or before, you know, yeah. something bad happens. That was just kind of like one of those like go to tropey kind of gags. Mm. Yeah. I'm not sure um, when that was like first when that first popped up, but that is a reference to something older. Yeah. Uh, 
At about f- oh man, so there's a really nice shot. This is I'll I'll try to screenshot this one. At about 41 seconds, there is a sorry 42 seconds. There's a shot of Shredder saying, "Wait for my signal," and he's got his hand up in a way that he's gesturing, and Tatsu's behind him, and it looks like he's about to pinch Tatsu's head. <laughs> he's like looking behind I, him. I crush like your at head. Crush, crush. Yeah. Um, and then Tatsu starts angrily working controls, and it occurs to me. <laughs> I don't know that he does know how to work that machine. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it, he must. It's getting to where it needs to go. Well, he keeps like, changing sounding. directions of levers and pulling different levers, and then it keeps cutting back to the net moving in the same pace in the same direction. Yeah. Well, okay, maybe he wasn't a very good crane operator. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Harrison Ford driving the Millennium Falcon. He's just like pushing things and grabbing buttons. He has no idea what anything does, and there's no <laughs> consistency. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I also like that as the turtles are getting moved towards the uh, the the spikes, there's this point of view shot of them in the net, in the and the camera sort of pushes toward the spikes and over it. And there's Foot Clan members like jumping in front of them and like hopping in the way and crossing their path. And I'm just like, but why? <laughs> why 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 do we need to ninja when they're clearly not going any? Like they're in a net. You don't have to show off anymore. It's like they just realized the camera was on them. Like they're, they're, oh, got to dance, guys. Like there's <laughs> one guy just to the right of the, the, the spiky death trap, and he's holding both his hands out in front like, like he's holding a box. He's like, like he's, he doesn't have any weapons in his hands, and he's just got his thumbs out and his hands up, and he's just kind of like, like he's voguing. But mm. the guy in front of him is just flashing peace signs. He like, is. He's totally against this. He's, he's literally flashing up peace signs. Yeah, he's like, hey, turtles. I just got a really fun theory. So when they originally shot this movie, all of the bits with the ninjas were supposed to be singing and dancing numbers. (laughs) And then it just didn't do well with test audiences. And they were like, we're just going to take the singing out and it'll work. Just just put all the songs into a live show. It'll be fine. Yeah, that's the way to do Mm. it. Oh, man. And uh, I mean, that's the minute. It's kind of a quick one. There's not a lot happening in this. Wait minute. for it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any final thoughts on this minute, friends? I'll nope. tell you later. Yeah. I, I don't know what my takeaway from this minute is. This is really just, it, I feel like this minute gets us to the next minute. Um, I'm, I'm starting to notice as we're halfway through this film. We're on a Friday, so maybe, maybe let's have a little bit of a summary here. Halfway through this film, where does everybody stand on, on Ninja Turtles 2? Are we in the same place as we were when we started watching this movie? Adam? Oh, I, I will still defend this movie forever. Like, There's some things that I, I've noticed about this movie watching it this way that I don't think I'll ever see the same way again. Like, There's stuff that have been has been cheapened by this. Like, like this set, for example, but there's also okay. stuff that I've noticed from watching it this closely that make me love it more like aha ninja. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Rachel, how about you? Yeah, I, I kind of agree with Adam. I feel the same way, but there's there's new sprinkles on top of this movie that I, I appreciate more. Yeah. 
Chris, you hadn't seen this movie in something like twenty years. What is what is this rewatch doing for you so far? You know, I don't I don't think that this um, really has any bearing on sort of my my nostalgic memories of you know watching this with my friends and, and having it on the TV all the time on repeat, or you know watching it at uh, at sleepovers and eating pizza. It, it it doesn't have any effect on that. But I think watching it now at like just a minute at a time and sort of digesting it and having having this fun with it with you guys and uh, and our audience and friends over at uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles listeners Facebook group uh, has really like I've I've enjoyed that. I think I'm getting a lot out of just this experience of this podcast. That frankly, I, I you know I, I mean obviously if I just sat down and watched it, I, I would not be having the same experience I am now. And I think um, you know I still haven't sat down to watch the entire thing. Um, I think if I were to do that, I would not find it as nearly as fulfilling as as this process. Um, yeah, I feel like I've kind of waffled back and forth. I know that at some weeks I've said that I'm beginning to get a new appreciation for this, and then other weeks I'm ragging on it. And it's it's, it's I'm still not quite sure overall where I stand on this one. But I think I tend to agree with you, Chris. I think that you know, you know, watching movie with friends is always better than watching it alone. And it's it kind of feels like we've been getting to watch this movie with a couple hundred friends, which is really nice. So thank you guys for interacting with us out there in Facebook land. Um, we're a little more than halfway through this movie. I'm intrigued to see how things end up when we get into the really fun stuff in the back nine of this film. Oh boy. Uh, I, I'm also really curious. I know that when we went back and watched the original movie together after doing the podcast, it seemed like it went really fast. Yeah. I'm curious how fast this movie is going to feel when we go back and watch it again, just faster through. Well, when yeah, we, I get that same feeling. When we went to see it at the drive-in, it was weird. Yeah. It, to just watch it uninterrupted all the way through back to back, like it felt like the length of a short movie, both of them stacked together. Yeah. This podcasting mm. experience is altering my perception of time. Yeah, because it's like we're not watching <laughs> it in super slow motion. It's not taking us dozens of hours to watch this movie <laughs> clearly how movies were meant to be watched <laughs> right like this right. is a weird like no one no one besides people who watch and listen to these podcasts really understands what that that process is like it's such a weird version I, of slow motion because yeah, it's wonder, slow motion but it's it's not i wonder if this uh this sort of podcasting format and this way of of dissecting a film has it all penetrated the or, or has has i wonder if like uh you know sort of uh, film criticism twitter and film criticism you know film film school like if anybody there has like noticed this and and what uh what film professors would have to say about it oh, God. <laughs> I mean, i've definitely well, now had, i feel self-conscious i've definitely had to study films almost to this level in film school but like nothing ever this close like like i feel like i should be doing this with bergman you know like but you know to it it's funny too to take like a shot by shot analysis of something as silly and like not at all profound as digi turtles too <laughs> what is that movie? Uh, the 88 blows of the ninja turtles yeah like i mean i, I wrote a, sh- a shot by shot analysis of a few films when i was when I was in film school, it's a grueling process that I hated. And when I first found out about this format, I was like, Oh my God, it's like a shot by shot analysis, but like fun. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Oh man. I'm so glad it's fun. Yeah. Well, we hope you're all out there having fun too. We'll be back next week. Minute 51 as we, uh, 
sort of dive into the second half of this film. The action's going to pick up, and also the silliness is going to pick up a little bit. Uh, make sure you go to at TMNT Minute on Twitter and Instagram. As Chris said, go check us out on Facebook as well. Uh, Chris, what should they do if they want to buy stuff? Where could someone go? Well, if somebody wanted to buy stuff, and for some reason they knew that their brick-and-mortar stores weren't going to be able to sell them the things that it is they need to buy, they could go to duelinggenre.com slash Amazon, and I'm pretty sure that at that amazing store they can find everything that they need, just like at the regular Amazon, except you'll pay the same prices, and a tiny little bit of that money that you spent and you were going to spend anyway, let's be honest, is going to come to us. And it's a great way to contribute to this podcast without having to spend any more money than you were already going to spend in the first place, you consumer. So what's that address again? Uh, www.duelinggenre.com slash Amazon. All right. For the crew here, uh, this is Scott. That's Adam and Chris and Rachel. And we will see you guys next week on Monday for Minute 51. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Wait for it. Wait. Keep waiting. Wait some more. Go up on your. Okay, now keep waiting. Keep waiting. Keep waiting some more. Are you still waiting? Wait longer. And now it's time for our Turtle Fan Minute. Hey there, TMT Minute uh, group. <laughs> I, this is Tyler from Strathmore, Alberta, Canada, again, and I uh, just wanted uh, – I was actually watching Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze, making sure that I had my uh, my memory clear on a lot of things. And uh, one of my favorite sequences in the movie is the, the battle – I guess you could call it a battle – at the TGRI lab. Um, a lot of the catchphrases in there um, stuck with me forever. I love the whole sequence. Um, it's goofy. It's fake. It's not – at all precise it's it's silly but i love it it's i think it's great between uh the discovery where they're all amazed and the this is a video game to the uh comment or the the i guess hacking you could say that donatello does that doesn't make sense and then the uh entire goofy fight of you know them playing football that sort of thing and of course, the phrase that has always uh, been repeated in my life as since I was a kid, the get it, got it, good. And of course, Michelangelo, I don't get it. Classic. Love it. Always. We always did that as or repeated that as as kids. And uh, that, that sequence alone, I don't know, that just makes makes this movie. It makes me smile. I'm smiling as I talk about it right now. So talk to you later. If you want to share your thoughts about Secret of Views and hear your voice on our show, send one minute of your turtle ramblings to tmntminute at gmail.com. <laughs>